Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, thank you oh so much for the many things you blessed us with this day. So much. It's awesome. And now the blessed opportunity once again to get back into your word. Help us now as we continue our studies. So we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z and the word heaven, if you will turn to the Gospel of Luke and chapter 15. We see here where it reads, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. So we see that there is rejoicing in heaven when someone is saved. As he continues, Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doeth not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. The rejoicing in heaven over a lost person becoming saved. And it's awesome that there is that much love and concern and care for the lost. The desire for them to come back, to come in, and to be looking forward to a life with the Lord in heaven and on a brand new earth. Really looking forward to that. All right, now turn on over to Luke chapter 17. Here we see reference to some of the things going on in the last days. As we see here in Luke chapter 17, picking it up in verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here, or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, as I've said many times, when you see the term kingdom of God, you've got to find out what is he referring to. And he's talking about the fellowship, the familyhood, the realm of believers, the becoming adopted into the family that is coming into the kingdom that he's speaking of. And within, you are indwelt with the Holy Ghost, referring to that as well. So when you become indwelt with the Holy Ghost and become part of the family of God, you become part of the kingdom of God that he's referring to here. And also, the kingdom can be referring to the actual dwelling place of God and can be referring to the future heaven 
future dwelling place of God, the new heaven and new earth. But as it continues, Neither shall they say, Lo here, or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And he said unto the disciples, The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here, or see there. Go not after them, nor follow them. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part of under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. Now this lighting in heaven is speaking of in the atmosphere, in the sky. That lightning that he's speaking of. As you see the lightning, you can look off into the distance and it shines and it casts quite an image in over quite a distance, all the way from coast to coast. So shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife? Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken, and the others shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken, and the other left. Two men shall be in the field. The one shall be taken, and the other left. And they answered him, and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. Just a few bits and pieces, a few little clues there about the last days, and a reference to the images in, in the sky, in the atmosphere, the lightning and so forth, and the raining down of fire and brimstone, referring back to what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah, coming down from the atmosphere, coming down from the sky. All right, now on over to Luke in chapter 18. And we see here another reference to treasures in heaven, which is where we need to really focus is our treasures in heaven, not our treasures on earth. The Lord taught us that over and over. And here we can pick it up in verse 18, where it reads, And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save one, that is, God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, all these have I kept from my youth up. Now notice the Lord didn't 
say all ten. He left out the most important one because the Lord knew that this man was not abiding by the most important one, and that is to love God with all your existence. Put him number one in your life, first and utmost important. But this man was not doing that. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they that heard it said, Who then can be saved? And he said, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Possible with God. All things are possible with him. Because you cannot be saved of your own. No matter what you work, it's impossible to be saved by your own efforts of labor and work for the Lord. Even if they are goodly works, they're not going to get you to heaven. Therefore, it's impossible for you to go to heaven. It's impossible for you to inherit the kingdom. It's impossible for you to become part of the kingdom except by the power of God, by the finished work of Jesus Christ, by accepting what he has done. Then we get adopted into the family. And then we devote everything, all of our existence, to the Lord. Everything belongs to him anyway. We're just merely designating that we're giving it back to him. And the things that you give, such as your time, your efforts, your substance, is multiplied over in treasures in heaven. That's what he's referring to. This man had lifted up his possessions is more important to him than anything else. So he had not received and accepted the Lord as Lord, ultimate authority and the most important thing in his life. No, his treasure on earth was most important. That's where he was in error. So he needed to give all that away, because that was a distraction to him. Then he would have had treasures in heaven. But he went away sorrowful, because he didn't want to give up his God, which was his possessions. All right, now turn on over to Luke chapter 21 in a reference to the heaven and the earth passing away, because we know that it's all going to be wiped out, completely gone, into non-existence. And the Lord has a new heaven and a new earth for a dwelling place for eternity. All right, now look at Luke chapter 21, picking up verse 5. And as some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts. He said, As for these things which ye behold, the days will come in the which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. This was a bit of prophecy given to them, which was fulfilled around 70 A.D. when the Romans come in and ransacked the whole place and set the temple on fire But when the temple was on fire, they didn't realize what was happening. It was melting some of the things, the ornaments of of the temple that were made of gold, of 
fire was so hot that it was melting that and it was running down and it was getting into the cracks and the crevices of the stones that the temple was made up of and they wanted that gold so they started pulling the rocks and the stones apart after the fire to get access to that gold therefore they tore the entire temple down all the way down to the foundation plate and you go over there now to the great wall the the wailing wall they call it which is part of the foundation plate of of the place of the temple and it was totally torn down like he said not one stone left upon another all gone tore down completely prophesied and fulfilled that should have made all those that heard that totally turn to the lord and trust him as he continues teaching us here about heaven and he asked him saying master but when shall these things be and what shall what signs Will there be when these things shall come to pass? And he said, Take heed that ye be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in divers places, in famines and pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. These things were seen fulfilled. Ever since he said that, we see some of these things going on. And we wonder, is this time now? Is this the time? Is the Lord coming back? Is this the end of the days? But it's going to be even worse than what we've already seen. And we see the nation rising up against nation. We see the earthquakes and divers or many different places. And we see the famines. And with the things that have been going on around the world, we see the pestilences and fearful sights and the signs from the heavens. Talking about looking up into the sky, seeing the signs. Signs of the times are right here upon us. we got to be ready. We don't know how much longer it's going to be. So be ready for whenever it happens. Verse 12, as it continues. Reads, but before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Just a little hint there on the persecution that they were going to be facing and that we are facing and that is on an increase around the world, especially in this country. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what ye shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. And ye shall be betrayed, both by parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends. And some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not an hair of your head perish. In your patience possess ye your souls. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. So he's getting into the things that have been going to go on during the tribulation time. 
And here, where he's talking about fleeing to the mountains, that's at the midpoint of the tribulation, right before the great tribulation. For these be the days of vengeance that I that all things which are written may be fulfilled. And this one, the judgment of God pours upon this planet in such a way it hasn't seen. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days, for there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people. And they shall fall on the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. The entire universe all around us, everything is going to be disturbed during that great tribulation time. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Then, so much more ahead of us after that, when he judges the people, separates the goats from the sheep, enters into the millennial kingdom, a thousand years of rule and reign with Jesus Christ on this restored planet that he will restore, because he'll have to after all the judgment that comes upon the planet through the tribulation time. wouldn't be a place you could even live. But after he restores the planet back to its perfection for that thousand years, then at the end of that thousand years, he's going to destroy this planet completely. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth for us to dwell on for eternity. But as he continues, he reads, And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees, when they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. It's where he's telling us that this current existence that we're aware of, this physical world, the entire universe, all the cosmos, all that is going to be passed away, gone, wiped out completely, vaporized into nothing. As it says in the writings of Peter, that even the elements themselves will be burned up, gone. It's heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. you got to be prepared. you got to be ready. you got to know it's coming. We look around, we see the signs of the times, we see the wars and rumors of wars, we see the pestilences, we see the famines, all the signs are right here. We need to be ready for it. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, 
that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. How can you escape all these things of the tribulation that he is speaking of? you got to be raptured out. you got to be taken away from this. And the only way you're going to get raptured out and taken away from this world is to be a born-again Christian. Now, if you pass away before the events that he's speaking of happens, yes, you'll be separated from it. But if you're alive when this stuff begins, you need to be taken away in the rapture. And then all that's going to come to be on this planet, so much judgment, so much devastation. And ultimately, at the end of the millennial period, the heaven and earth, wiped out, gone, and a new heaven and a new earth to dwell on for eternity that we have to look forward to as born-again Christians. Well, shortly after that, the Lord gets arrested and taken in a mock trial, sentenced to death, crucified on that cross, six hours on that cross, brutally beaten and tortured prior to even being put on that cross, ridiculed, and he gives up the ghost on that cross, pays the ultimate price for all sin of all mankind, past, present, and future, buys us all back from the life of sin by his finished work, by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And then he rises the third day from that grave, and we see in Luke chapter 24, pick it up in verse 36. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. See, Jesus, after his resurrection, appeared to the disciples in that upper room, closed door, showing his power over all of the substance that he has spoke into existence, he can materialize in a physical form right within a room. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrightened, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me have. To be able to be right there in front of them, right there with them, and they could touch him and see that he has a physical existence, that he was able to appear to there in front of them. Notice that he does not say flesh and blood. He shed his blood on that cross paid that ultimate price. So as he says there again in 39, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for his spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, 
These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. He totally fulfilled the Old Testament, fulfilling all of those prophecies about what he would be like, about what he would do. As it continues, verse 45, Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures. That's where it comes from. Our understanding of the Scriptures, when we read it, comes from the Lord. It's a gift from the Lord that He gives us to be able to understand His Word and apply it as He wants us to. As it continues, And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. There he's speaking of the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them, and carried up into heaven. The rapture, right on up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. So from the time that he rose from that grave, to the time that we see that he was raptured up to heaven, was forty days. Ten days after that, the disciples were gathered together and they received the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And once they were indwelt with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost taught them and brought back to mind to them all the things that the Lord wanted them to know. And then they would take that and go and start doing the Great Commission to preach and teach the gospel to all mankind, as he told us over in John chapter 14 and verse 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. That was given to the disciples. That was given to those. It was some 120 people that was gathered together that day that the Holy Ghost come upon them. And we see the changes that were in the disciples, the apostles particularly, the boldness that was given to them and the preaching and so forth. You can see those accounts in the, the book of Acts and the ascension as well in the book of Acts, the receiving of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. So much the Lord told them would happen and then it happened. Exactly like he told us. Over and over we see that all through the Word of God. Prophesied and fulfilled. And that gives us the confidence of knowing the things that he's telling us and the things that we read about here about the future are going to be fulfilled. In the intricate detail that he gives them to us, it will be fulfilled exactly like he tells us. And we can take confidence in that. We can take comfort in that. And we can learn 
and understand his word by his grace, by his blessing upon us. The indwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost can give us understanding so we can do what he wants us to do, and that is share the gospel so that more can be looking forward to that new heaven and that new earth that he tells us about. And it is so wondrous, it is so wonderful that we are looking forward to that. We are so much looking forward to that. As he tells us, can't resist to go, but over in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 12, Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. In peace, without spot and blameless. How you do that? You got to be prayed up. It's like you told us back over in Luke chapter 21, verse 36. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. That's Jesus Christ. Stand before Him in judgment, looking forward to that judgment and the many rewards and seeing the treasures that you have built in heaven. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we truly thank you for the time you've given us to be able to study your word. Helps to really have that hunger to dig deep into there, to find that message you want us to receive and encourage us to go on out and share that with others as well as you've instructed us to. We thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your work. So we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.